You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Welcome to the Drawing Board Podcast. This is your host and founder, Andre Ebron. You know what the Drawing Board is. It's a powerful, thought-provoking testimonial show and experiences that challenges you, the listener, to examine your life and to reimagine the possibilities. I want you to right now just think about that. Just think about your marriage or your relationship. Reimagine the possibility. I want you to think about how you're parenting and I want you to reimagine the possibility. I want you to think about the job or the profession or the vocation that you're in. Here's a question I have for you. Have you exhausted every possibility that exists within your current opportunity? Salah, pause, think about it. Tonight is going to be an amazing night. I always promise you all quality information from quality people. And you know, I can't have anyone on the show unless they have the social proof that backs what it is that they testify of. So tonight I have on the show, I'd like to welcome my brother, Baron Warren. Welcome to the show, my brother. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me today. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So I want to introduce to to some and produce to to, and and really represent to others uh, who you are. It says Baron Warren is a national speaker and life coach who works with individuals in the area of personal growth. His passionate speaking style and his tough love approach has motivated, inspired, and influenced many men around the country and beyond. Oh, here it is. You're, you're a serviceman, huh? All right. So, I, yeah. So listen, I'll throw this out, I'll throw this out here. Uh, I am the son of two Marines. Okay. Okay. Yes, and uh, some people ask me why I, why I didn't enlist or why I didn't go to the military. And I said, I had 17 years of basic. All right? <laughs> That's <laughs> so right. I had, yeah, I had, you I had you were born years. into the military. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I was good to go. So you probably served in the United States Navy. Let me pause and say thank you for your service, sir. Uh, it thank means you. a lot. Uh, with all of the different civil unrest, the racial unrest, uh, what's happening politically, uh, I think that we still have an obligation to honor those that have put their life on the line for us to have the liberties and the freedoms that we currently have. So, again, thank man, thank you for your service. Thank you. Yes, sir. And you served during a very, uh, what, what is it called, a, a hot time where war was going on? Right after Absolutely. the Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of people were scared for me. My mother was scared for me. But I tell you what, it was one of the best things that happened in my life. And uh, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Yes, sir. And while you were on active duty, you traveled to over 20 different countries worldwide and stayed deployed out to sea for up to eight months at a time. Now, I will ask you this question uh, before I continue in your bio. How has that shaped your worldview uh, when particularly addressing the development of African-American men within the United States? 
Absolutely. Such a great question. And I'm glad you asked it. Well, growing up in inner city Detroit, to make a long story short, I thought everybody looked like me, talked like me, act like me. I thought, you know, for the most of the world was in a state of poverty. It wasn't until I left my little box in inner city Detroit and flew to Seattle, Washington, and then got deployed uh, in Hawaii and went over to Mexico and Japan. And I started seeing other walks of life and other cultures. And that just really opened my mind up to different possibilities in life. It let me know that everybody is not on the sick and shut in list. There are some people out there doing some extraordinary things. And most importantly, it gave me an opportunity to come back and tell my friends and family about it. And that's pretty much what I do today. That's excellent, man. And when, we, when we're talking about like worldviews, when we're talking about mental models or paradigms, when we're talking about perspectives, here's a question I'll ask is, how do you shift, generally within urban settings, how do you shift young men's mindset from surviving to thriving? How do you do that? Oh, that's such a, you know, that some would argue and say that's a $25 question right there. That That is huge. <laughs> so I, I will say, you know, there's no one answer fits all. But, you know, from my experience, you know, young black men or even older black men, they need to see what success looks like. They need to see it, touch it and feel it. So oftentimes, when I'm out on the speaking circuit or I'm doing some life training and coaching, I highly recommend parents. I highly recommend teachers. Hey, you want your young men to be around some good, successful men so they know that it's obtainable and so it's reachable. I tell you, even though I was raised poor and grew up in the hood, people will call it, my mother kept strong men around me all the time at the church, at the school, my stepfather was a strong man. I mean, so at, at that point, I really didn't have a choice but to, you know, shoot for the stars. So the short answer is young black men, older black men, they need to see, touch, and feel what success looks like. So now you know that's going to follow up with, here. here's a $50 question, all right? <laughs> what I want you to give me uh, your basic definition of what success is. Uh, because I remember one time I was speaking at a high school in the nation and man, we were dropping uh, some gems. I mean, the, the, it was actually a panel of people who, if we just want to talk about numbers, were doing numbers across the state. I mean, some were doing business internationally and the young man asked the question. Uh, and of course it was uh, probably the young man who they deemed the most behaviorally challenged uh, but watch this, who had the most influence because when he got ready to speak, uh, everybody else got quiet and he asked one question while he was surrounded by a lot of girls, uh, asked this question. All right. I'm just giving, painting the picture for you. Sure. He said, all right. Very in a cavalier way. He said, how many of y'all drive a foreign? Anybody up there drive a foreign? Mm. And Everybody on the panel that day would come from a pretty conservative space. And so nobody was up there whipping the foreign that day. Sure. Uh, and when no one could answer that we had a foreign, he immediately shut down and stopped listening. <laughs> so his wow. definition of success at that point was if you're on a panel on a stage talking to me and you don't drive a foreign, 
then what it is that you're the principles you're espousing don't seem to be working too well for you. So wow. I don't want to listen to what you have to say. So how would you define success, particularly when we're talking about um, presenting that to young African-American men? Oh, wow, man. You know, you just telling that story touched my heart. So if I heard you correctly, he looked at financial uh, achievement was his form of success, correct? Achieving yes, a certain financial status. Wow, that's big. So uh, let, let me answer that question with strongly disagreeing with that uh, gentleman and answering that question based on what was taught to me by one of my favorite uh, authors. His name is Dr. Miles Monroe. You may have heard right. of him. Yes, uh, sir. That's, that's my brother. So right. um, I often hear him when I listen to his videos. He always say that a man should die empty. He yes. should leave something empty in the graveyard. And the problem with um, a lot of young, strong, intelligent black men, my brother, they take all their gifts and talents to the graveyard. They, you know, should have been good fathers, good teachers, good businessmen good authors, but they never maximized their potential. So they kind of sat around and was lazy and just didn't maximize their gift. So they went to the graveyard with all those gifts and talents. So to answer your question, in order for anyone to be successful, as Miles Monroe would say, you need to die empty. What does that mean, Mr. Warren? Somebody might ask. That means is whatever gift God has given you, whatever that is, and yes, you do have one because everyone has one. Whatever that gift is, it's your job, it's your responsibility to give it back to society. Your gift was not designed for you to take to the graveyard. Your gift was designed for you to put it back into your family, society, the world needs your gift, and that's the real way to be successful. That's good. Man, it actually brings to bear uh, a question I was talking to a brother today, and he was telling me about how he was setting up some stuff for his son so that when he matures to the, to the working age, that he would not have to go and work for anybody else, but that he can begin the business. His dad was going to start a business now that the son could just oversee. Now, here's the thing. Um, the brother was motivated. He was inspired. He even had the resource to take action on whatever he endeavored to do. But he was having a difficult time with all of his giftings, with all of uh, his uh, abilities. He was having a difficult time cha uh, channeling that into something specifically to do. What is your advice to someone who is majorly gifted, uh, majorly talented, um, has the drive, is motivated, and ready to take action, but they are stalled at go, and they just don't know what they should be doing. Oh, wow. That's so well said. Well, I tell you what, you know, oftentimes when people are asking for my advice, my brother, you know, I don't have all the answers. So oftentimes I shift to what has worked for me, and I reflect back on what happened in my life. Uh, you may see this little logo on my shirt. That's my company. It's called Cuts and Coaching. And I'll share with you and the viewers about that later. But how I started this company was uh, when I was in the Navy. Uh, a quick story about military life. Military folks, uh, your superiors, they don't ask you what you want to do. They tell you what you're going to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like my childhood. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, to, so to sum up the story, 
I had no idea what I wanted to do in the Navy. They said, Baron, you're going to be a barber. And I said, a barber in the Navy? When yeah. I tell you, for all, all the viewers that are listening today, that was the best thing that happened to me because I was forced into doing something that I didn't even know that I was good at, that I would uh, one day fall in love with, and something that will tap into something on the inside of me that I had no idea that even existed. So I, I share that story. And that, that trade, me learning that, opened up so many doors. It, it taught me how to be a better counselor. It taught me how to be a better communicator. Cutting hair did that. Yes. So it, long story short, I came home, started this company, and now I'm able to groom males for manhood. I groom them, the body and I groom the mind. So I, I share that story because sometimes, especially young black men, we have no clue what we want to do. But what we have to do is get up and try. We have to get up and try things. You have to see what you like and what you don't like. Keep throwing things at the wall. I guarantee you something is going to stick. Guarantee it. Absolutely. So you said the to really flesh it out is just in the doing. If you're interested, yeah. That's pursue right. it, do it. And right. uh, it reminds me, uh, Brother Warren, it reminds me, Baron Warren, it reminds me of this, brother. I got ready to start my business, and this 90-something-year-old uh, gentleman who lived next door to me, uh, he was an immigrant from Germany. He was first generation, and uh, he said, I see you started the business. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, let me tell you something. So I lean in, thinking I'm getting ready to get some saged wisdom, right? Okay. <laughs> so you know, you know how you got that lean in, like, oh, this is getting ready to be good. That's right. So he said... <laughs> He said, the worst thing that can happen to you is that you learn something. Mm. And so from that day forward, I realized that I'm either winning or I'm learning. And if I'm learning, then I'm still winning. Wow. So, uh, wow. and it, it takes it to uh, what my mentor, uh, Carol E. Dixon, my pastor would say, is that failure is just an indication that there is another way to get it done. Oh, I love and, it. Love yes, sir. It. But, you know, let's talk about it, uh, Brother Warren. When we talk about development, especially personal growth, uh, yeah. where you guide people through, um, how do we address the element of fear uh, when we're talking about pursuing dreams and goals and actualizing purpose? How would you suggest that someone either utilize fear or overcome fear? Yeah, you know, so that fear, you know, is, can be a big word from time to time. I oftentimes talk about that fear word when I go speak to the men in prison. For example, a lot of the men that I talk to in prison, they are very fearful of coming home with a felony. They're fearful of not getting a job. They're fearful of not being a good provider and father. There's a lot of fear there. Uh, they're, they're fearful just being independent again. You know, somebody has been telling them what to do for two, five, 10, 20 years. So it's a lot of fear there. So oftentimes uh, what I tell them to do is it's a big word, one of my favorite words, my brother. I tell them, leave the prison as a man of integrity. Leave the prison as a man of integrity. Somebody might say, Mr. Warren, how, what does that have to do with fear? I tell you what it has to do with fear. When you decide to be a man of integrity, when you decide to be honest, when you decide to be on time for things, well-groomed, speaking intelligently, fear starts to leave. 
you become confident. You become bold when you come in the room. You might not be the smartest guy in the room, or you might not have all the credentials on the wall like some people, but if you decide to live your life as a man of integrity, things will start to happen for you. I, I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other men's life. But that piece right there is such a life choice, my brother. But the good news is every single man has the opportunity to do that right now as we're talking. They can look in the mirror and say, you know what, today and for the rest of my days, I'm going to live my life as a man of integrity. And I guarantee you, guess what? Fear will start to leave your atmosphere and you're going to walk into every situation bold and confident. Trust me on it. Absolutely. So now I just want to uh, get a little more granular with being a man of integrity. So there are some young men or some older men or men of all ages listening to us, or there could yeah. be some mothers that are raising young men and they want their, their young man to be a man of integrity. How, how do we get to that stage of we can stand flat footed and say, I am a man of integrity. What does that look like? Well, I'll I tell you, I'll give you, you know, just a, Simple example for, uh, let's say, the um, adult men that are listening today, anybody that's over 18, 21, and say if you have a car, uh, every day we get in a car and uh, we can decide if we're going to do the speed limit or not. Uh, if we decide not to do the speed limit, we're going to drive something like this, looking over our shoulders, making sure the police is not around, making sure we don't get caught today, Right. That's right. going to bring a lot of stress. That's going to bring a lot of anxiety, right? Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to do the speed limit. I'm going to plan accordingly. I'm going to get up a little early so I can make it to work on time. But what I am going to do is I'm going to follow the land of the law, and I'm going to be honest and respectful. That right there, just I can feel it in my spirit when I say the words. That's already relieving stress. That's yeah. already relieving tension. Does that mean you're not going to get pulled over today? That doesn't guarantee that. What it guarantees is you're leaving the house bold and confident. So that being the case, for every person that's listening, whether it's your life, whether you're a father raising some young man, whether you're a mother raising some young man, pour into him, hey, son, hey, brother, hey, cousin, focus on being a man of integrity. Look in the mirror every day and say, guess what? I'm not a perfect man, but today I'm going to go out and try my very best to do the right thing and be honest. That's how every man should start the day for the rest of his days. Yeah, I agree. So tomorrow, I'm going to work on doing the speed limit. <laughs> 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 yes, sir. I'm going to hey, work. He is well. He hey, is listen, well. I'm going to work on doing the speed limit, all right? That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure today I, I was going down the street, shoom, I said, oh, man, listen, the boys are out here today. Let me let me slow it down a little bit. Let me slow it down. So, man, listen, some, some especially, like, who know, man, of your work and, um, man, your work in corrections, your service to our brothers who are currently incarcerated, uh, I, I, like to, I like to refer I, I, to people by who they are, not by what they've done, right? So they are, they are not criminals. They are men who have cre who have uh, participated in criminal behavior. Uh, and so I always ask people this question. I said, what title do you have to put in front of people to dehumanize them 
or cause your cause you to not engage their humanity first. Wow. And so you'll wow. say, oh, that is a black African American man who happens to be human, right? Uh, wow. What about me being a human that is an African American man? What about me being a human who happens to have made some poor judgments and now I find myself in the penal system? How about me being a human that is subject to certain degrees of poverty as, a, as opposed to referring to our students as at-risk students or mm. those things that remove the equity lens? So talk to me, Brother Warren. Like what, what, what pricks your heart, man? What really draws that compassion out for you to go back and to speak life to our brothers who currently find themselves incarcerated? Oh, man. Now, now, see, we don't have enough time on this podcast for all I want to say. I'm going to do right. I got to keep me in mind. I'm a professional speaker, so I like to talk. I'm going to try yeah. my best to sum it up. I'm going to try. So I tell you what, we'll start here. The reason why um, my heart is so big for that population, because I am them, it's, it's only the grace of God. I'm not wearing that uniform that they're wearing. It's only the grace of God his grace and mercy that I'm not doing serious time behind the prison walls. So that's part of the reason why my heart is big. And the second part is because they are a forgotten population. And, um, you know, again, back to my original point earlier, when I go into that prison and they put two, 300 guys in the prison gym to hear me speak, I want them to see what success looks like. And I want them to say, wow, if Mr. Warren can do it, and he told us all the mess that was in his life, man, maybe I can do it. Maybe I have a chance. So that's part of the reason. And, and also, I had to tell this short story. I remember one time they called me in there for a job readiness uh, a conference inside the prison. These men were on their way home. I think they all had less than six, month, six months left. And there was employers in there interviewing them. And I'll never forget one employer said something that changed my mind. He told the whole crowd, he said, I want to be clear about something. I don't hire felons. I don't hire inmates. I don't hire prisoners. I hire people. Yes, sir. Yes. I hire people. He said, I'm here to hire people. I don't hire inmates. He had a whole list. And I mean, the whole room was quiet because he wanted to make it clear. You are not their prison number, sir. You are not an animal. You're not, that, that has passed. You have paid your, okay, so I'm here. First and foremost, you're a person. You're a human being. And I'm here to see if, uh, if you're the man for the job. So that happened to me three, four years ago. And ever since that day, I no longer address them in that way. It's either sir, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Smith. When I talk to the staff members, I say, hey, can I come speak to the residents? Yes. Yes. We, we're going to change that language. Yes. So in closing, yeah, we got to put first things first, but my heart is so big for the brothers behind the wall. It really is. Yeah, and I mean, language is important. So especially yeah. being a man of faith, you know the power of words, right? Yeah. So life and death is in the, the power of life and death is where? In the tongue. In the tongue, so yes, sir. It, it, it matters what you call someone. It matters Absolutely. how you identify them. And so especially working in the community like you and I work, I'm listening to people's language before I engage so that I can locate exactly where they are and I can oh, meet wow. them where they are. 
even if their current language may not be equitable, even if their current language may, may, may it sometimes be racist. If I know where you are, I know where love needs to meet you. Oh, and, come on now, brother. And, and here's the yeah. thing. We seek to correct before we connect. Somebody should have said bars on that. I, I felt like somebody should have said bars, you know? <laughs> no, but Absolutely. At, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, Brother Warren, what was so uh, parallel to my story and your story is uh, my background is in criminal justice. And okay. so uh, part of the practicum for our to graduate was that we had to tour all of the prisons, major prisons in Michigan. So wow. I remember yeah, sitting across from uh, people doing multiple life sentences and engaging with them. And okay. uh, I'm not going to hold you up and try to uh, sugarcoat some of the actions that they had taken. But this is one thing that one of them uh, who at that time had become the legal beagle uh, as, a, as he identified himself. Uh, he said, Mr. Ebron, I want to tell you something. And I said, yes, sir. He said, the only difference between us and the people you walk past every day, he said, is we are the ones that got caught. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. that was a sobering moment <laughs> because uh, I tell people, once your eyes are open uh, to the worlds that exist within the worlds that you engage every day, I said, that awareness invokes a responsibility. So, Brother Warren, when we talk about awareness, how much of your program when working with uh, residents who happen to be in prison or in your life coaching, how, how do you breach that awareness uh, in people's lives to make them aware of the personal power that they have? How do you do that? Oh, wow. You know, well, man, uh, we, we can start, you know, back to the young... Um, the young man or the older men that are doing time behind prison walls. Um, I remember one time I had a speaking engagement. I want to say I was in Iowa, actually. And one of the residents said something very profound. He said, Mr. Warren, I made a mistake, but I'm not a mistake. All right. I made a mistake, but I'm not a mistake. So I have been using that tagline. I actually put it in my book as well. And I start a lot of my speeches with that, because I want them to know first and foremost, hey, you are not the mistake that you made. There's greatness in the inside of you. There's a good father in the inside of you. There's a good provider in the inside of you. There's a pastor possibly in the inside of you. You have to find out what that is, sir. So we start to answer your question when I'm in a prison, when I'm going to pick up a young man that a, a mother has hired me to. Uh, do some coaching training on or with, uh, we're going to start, we're going to start each session, each conversation with how great you are. I don't want to know, you know, oftentimes, you know, I go speak at the prisons, my brother, and the staff members may say, hey, this unit is the uh, uh, sex crime unit. This is the robbery unit. And sometimes I have to respectfully stop the staff and say, uh, Miss Smith, Mr. Johnson, um, I don't need to know that information. I Just show me where the gym is at because I just want to talk. I don't need to know what they did. I, I don't need to know. I don't want to know because that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to remind them how great they are because they see these barbed wire fences every day. They may have forgotten how great they are. 
let me go in and remind them. Also, let me do it with the love of Christ. So that's what I do, my brother. Question for you. Um, when we're talking about, um, and, we're, and we're definitely, for those that are listening, I know you're waiting for Brother Warren to talk about his book, The Five Steps of Manhood. I know that you're, I know that you're ready. I know you're ready. But listen, here's a question that I know will benefit you if you listen in. Uh, listen attentively to this. Brother Warren, how important is it to teach young men or men in general uh, how important are communication skills to becoming a healthy man? Like, yeah. how important are communication skills? Oh, it's very important. Very important. And I tell you why. Um, you know, oftentimes um, during my travels, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of uh, men all the time. You know, I, I find groups of men or males, rather, that I can go speak life to. So oftentimes I'm with different populations, different cultures, different backgrounds. And in all honesty, my brother, I hear a lot of filthy language, okay? Uh, upbringing, different reasons. I'm never shy away. That, that, that actually motivates me to do what I do. Uh, but I tell you what, my heart go out to those brothers because they have been trained a certain way and they don't have the words to really communicate what they're trying to convey. All they have is the B word, the S word. That's all, that's all they have. Uh, and it becomes very frustrating when you're limited to, to that, um, uh, that type of grammar. So uh, I've learned as I'm growing each and every day as a 35-year-old man uh, that it's very important, you may see it behind me, that I pick up a book and read something Absolutely. from time to time, that I keep pouring into myself. I have made it. And I want every single man that's listening to this podcast to hear me. It is mandatory that you invest in your vocabulary. It is mandatory that you pour into yourself because one day your family, your wife, your children, your mother, she's going to, they're going to be expecting you to explain things to them. You can't explain things to them with the F word and the B word. Excuse me for being a little dramatic right now, but I want people to hear my heart. You gotta be poured into yourself so you can take your family to greatness. Very important. Absolutely. And if I could uh, just paint a, a picture for the listeners. Uh, as a dean of culture and climate, a lot of the uh, people who end up in my office are little me's, you know? <laughs> uh, little young brothers uh, who lack the language to express how they feel. Yeah. Uh, I, one of my, I won't say his name, the young brother uh, came from some very challenging family circumstances. Uh, as a first grader, um, he had a lot of responsibilities in his household, so it was very difficult for him to submit to the authority, uh, particularly female authority, um, when he at times was helping to direct his mother uh, within the home. Uh, wow. So... When he and listen, the young brother could fight. Hey, Come listen, on, he had, hey, he yes, had sir. hands. He yes, had sir. hands, and yeah. uh, <laughs> so we made a connection. And my 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 goal with him was to let him know in my presence he didn't have to be a man, but he could be a child. Wow! And so mm. uh, he was brought to my office, tears rolling down his face, fists balled up body rigid as, you know, just angry. 
And everybody, some people just brought him to my office and really kind of just put him in there. And I looked at him because people knew he could fight, and which meant that little fist, it, it was going to hurt if he swung it. And what I did was I just wrapped him up and I just hugged him. And he just laid that big rock head on my shoulder and <laughs> he just cried. And then once he was able to cry, those fists that were clenched, they released. Wow. After he cried, he was able to converse. Mm. And so, yes, some of the emotion or the anger that you see in some of our young brothers is not because they are truly angry, it's because they lack the ability to express how they feel. So talk to me, Brother Warren. Tell me, man, talk to me about these five steps, man. First, congratulations on the book, man. I see it it is making its way across the world. Um, You hear that in in, uh, everything that's going on right now, uh, there needs to be uh, something that influences the the substratum of all thought about what is manhood, what is malehood, what is uh, for black men. What, where do we have that demarcating point or that rites of passage? Uh, what sure. is necessary to be a responsible and accountable citizen, as particularly yeah. as an African-American man? Talk to me about these five steps, brother. Oh, man. So um, let me first off by telling you and all the viewers, uh, this book is so dear to my heart, uh, family and friends. Um, it's dear to my heart, first and foremost. I want to be crystal clear about something. I'm a knucklehead kid from Detroit. I didn't even think I was going to finish high school, let alone join the military, get a degree, start a business, work on my master's, get a license in counseling, and write a book. I had no idea that was in my future. Uh, And it didn't happen overnight. Uh, I had to chip away at it. So to make a long story short, when I became a professional speaker, and after speaking for about two to three years, a lot of people in the audience would say, Baron, where is your book? What, you know, those, you know, that meat and potatoes you're giving us, we need it. We don't need to just feel good for an hour. We need something tangible. So I thought about it and I prayed about it. And the Lord put it on my heart. Hey, Baron, these men need a simple step-by-step guideline to transition from malehood to manhood. So everything in my life has to be simple. I can't, I can't make it some uh, long drawn out episode especially for the population I was going to be dealing with, incarcerated men. I wanted to make something simple and young males in in the um, school system. So I gave them five simple steps that every male can use to graduate from malehood to manhood. And I put it in the short, easy to read book. Um, Any male who decides to read it, I guarantee you, is going to add value to your life. Guarantee it. All right, so listen, man, give me a little sauce. Give me, give, go ahead and, and peel back a piece of it. When you were writing Absolutely. this book, let, let me ask you a question, especially as an author. Uh, I know that in your manuscript, there's a lot that didn't make it into the book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. There's, there's a lot that didn't make it into the book. Uh, talk to me about your process of writing the book. Like, did you have tearful moments in reflection? Um, how, how was it for you, that process of writing the book? Yeah, we, we back to that fear word you used earlier. You talking about fearful. Oh, my goodness, brother. It, I was going crazy. God, I ain't good enough. Who going to listen to me? I can't. 
you know, I don't know where to put a grammar and an apostrophe and a period at, you know. Um, the good Lord put it on my heart. He said, Baron, put a team around you. Hire an editor. Find somebody who can help you with this. Get your team together and you just write what I put on your heart. So to make a long story short, I found the editor, great editor on Instagram, and she told me something very simple that changed my life. She said, Baron, wh where do you do most of your work at? I said, well, I like to go to Starbucks and hang out and do my work. She said, go to Starbucks, write, just freely write, and send it to me, and I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to take out. I'm going to trim the fat. You just type, 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 and send it to me. My brother, that went on for about six months. I'm typing, sending it to her. She chopping. I'm typing. She chopping. I'm rereading it. I like it. All my words, she was just trimming the fat. Right. We did that for six months, six months, and this was created, my brother. Yes, sir. My everything. So I'm um, very proud of the book. And it has changed lives around the world. My goodness, it's been a blessing. Hey, man, listen, I'm going to start calling you the king of the look away, okay? Because <laughs> in, in your pictures, I always see you, you looking to the left, you looking to the right. I saw you on Instagram, I, I mean, uh, uh, Facebook, and I think you were in Florida. You were in Florida, okay. I think. And you were looking okay. to the look I said, oh, he the king of the look away. The king of the look away. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely, yeah. man. Guilty as charged. Guilty yes, as sir. charged. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> sir. Man, and especially... Um, with your business, I, I want to connect you with another brother uh, when we get off of here, man, who has a, a program across the nation uh, with changing lives through personal grooming and things of that nature. So uh, okay. we'll, yeah, we'll converse after this. But, man, Please do. One, of the, one of the things that I have uh, in watching uh, your, your journey and watching you speak is that I think when people talk about the word authentic, uh, some people think that it, it means that you have, you must remain the same. Mm. And I think authentic means being able to give people the red thread. So there are some foundational things about you that stay constant, like your love for Christ, your love for God, but yeah. that you improve in your disciplines. Absolutely. So when you, when you talked about being a man of integrity, what came in my spirit was that if people improve their disciplines, Mm. then they'll get to that spot. And you talk yeah. about those five steps. I have heard many messages uh, with four steps, with three steps, with one step or 12 steps, or now we got five yeah. steps. What it's saying, Brother Warren, in your book is you must establish a discipline, mm. a discipline yes, of following these five steps. And as you know, uh, from malehood to manhood, that it is um, it's dimensional, right? So Absolutely. in one portion of your life as a from male to man, you may be at step five, but in sure. another portion of your life, you may be at step one. That's so true. Yes, but what sir. You laid, what you laid out, my brother, is a clear process. I know people think that's a curse word uh, <laughs> process because they, they just want the success. That's right. They don't want the process. That's so, right. man, talk, man, talk to me about some of your experiences across the nation. What was your favorite place to speak? Oh, well, I tell you, and can I can I brag on God just a little bit? You know, just, just for give me give me sixty seconds to brag on God. Uh, yes, you, 
you name it, I have almost, you know, I got to look at my, I'm a big fan of maps. I got to look at my map and really see where I have not spoken at. But you name right. a state, you know, I've touched it. I mean, Florida, California, Texas, uh, Georgia, Indiana, uh, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska. Uh, I mean, just you, North Carolina, New York, Chicago, you know, all over the country. But to answer your question, God really wowed me when I got a call to speak in London, England. I spoke wow. in London, England yesterday. And I, oh man, I'm getting emotional thinking about it because, you know, I'm just a kid from Detroit. Never in my wildest dreams would I think I would be getting a call. Literally, when I got the call, I said, me? You, you want me to come? And they said, you're Baron Warren, right? I said, well, well, yeah, I am last time I checked. Yes. And uh, I spoke at a juvenile facility in London, England, flew over there by myself, stayed a whole week, and it was a very, very rewarding experience. So God, I mean, you, you, you discover who you are in Christ. You be that authentic man God has called you to be. You leave the door every day as a man of integrity and watch how God will wow you uh, uh, in your life and in your ministry. I want every um, man to hear that and learn it from me. I'm living proof of it because um, I was struggling with that malehood to manhood for many days. Still struggle with a few things, but I know that I know that I know when you put God first and allow him to show you how to be that man of integrity, he's going to wow you with some extraordinary things, just like he did with myself. So yeah, London, England. Wow. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Listen, you got to go back and revise the bio now. <laughs> yeah. Not right. just a national speaker. You're oh, an no. <laughs> international speaker, right? Oh man. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, I love, I love experiences that shift your bio, uh, experiences yeah. that, that literally begin to shift your mental model about where you're called to, right? Yes, uh, I think when we talk about, especially in the faith community where people become aware of their calling, uh, I liken it unto uh, the ministry of our elder brother, Jesus Christ. And uh, <laughs> when he became aware of his messianic call as a teenager, or as a yeah. young person, there was still some development that needed to happen prior to the launch of his ministry. Absolutely. And what I have found, particularly for working with men, is that, or people in general, but particularly brothers, because there's always a demand. Like if you, if you are a black male with an inkling of a positive message, an inkling of a positive message, Come we are now. in demand across the world. You better say that. Yes, sir. And so here's what I, and, and I just want to take this moment because I'm going to ask you this question about process. Um, awareness happens. It invokes responsibility, but it invokes a responsibility to become informed. Right. Mm. And yes, so sir. some people become aware and they think it invokes a responsibility for them to act and serve. When uh. your first mandate before serving is to become informed. Ooh, and so do your homework. You get you your homework. Your homework get your homework. Work, show your social proof. What, what, <laughs> before be, listen, before you can start pouring into someone else's life, the word that you study is for you first. <laughs> Come on now. 
if, See, the, if, the, if the cup is empty, what you pouring in the people? What are you pouring? You got to fill so, that cup up. Brother Warren, I asked you this question, man. How do you, particularly as a speaker, yeah. that gives inspiration, that gives motivation, how do you deal with the population of people, it's a tough one, yes, sir. that are addicted to inspiration, addicted to motivation, but refuse to be empowered? Wow. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Uh, everybody loves a good talk, right? Uh, some people, I'm going to be very careful here. I don't want anybody to get offended. Some people like a good talk on Sunday morning, if you get my drift. Yeah. All right? All right. That all We like to feel good. We, we like how that feels. Um, but at some, at, at some point, you got to get off the couch and take action. At some point, you got to apply what you have learned and make a drastic move in your life. Uh, just checking your credit score every day and learning about credit, they ain't going to do nothing. You got to pay them bills on time. Yeah. Okay? You got to clean some things up if you want to see it change. If you want to see that 540 to jump to 720, you know, you got you to gotta, um, take some action. So that being the case, uh, again, this is just my unique style. Anytime I go speak, have a speaking engagement or uh, some type of training or coaching day, we're going to start off warm and fuzzy, motivating, but we're going to get to the meat and potatoes on how we can take action immediately. I don't ever want to leave a room just with a warm and fuzzy uh, uh, experience. No, 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 no. I have poured into myself, like you mentioned earlier, I, I got my bullets loaded in the gun. Yeah. I go in there, I get those young men attention, but then I give them some actionable steps they can apply apply immediately now at the end of the day just like guys were saying everyone has free will um but um you know I, i'm so thankful that god has given me the ability given me the gift to really hit people in their heart and get them motivated and give them some steps that they can apply immediately and i've been very successful at it so um yeah that's that's my, been my experience motivate them then motivate them to take action immediately. <laughs> immediately, yeah. Yes, so, sir. Question, question for you, man. I want you to give somebody the game right now. Uh, there's always this looming question out there. How do I get more men to be involved in my, it could be whatever. How do I get yeah. more men to volunteer at my, for my nonprofit? How do I get more men involved in ministry? How do I get more men to come out to like talk to me, man? How do wow. we need how do we need to communicate with men that translates to commitment and action? Somebody's gonna take this and get married. Watch out. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. We we talking now. So God's words yeah. here, iron sharpens iron, says that All in right. Proverbs. So you know the, the short answer is men have to go get men. We ha we have to go get them. So where, where are the men? Um, a lot of them are, um, you know, our population is incarcerated. A lot of them, the ones that are doing well, we have to go find and locate them and inform them the need. We mm. need to inform them. Put it this way, my brother. I oftentimes think about how my father, uh, rest his soul, lost my uh, father a couple of years back. But I used to always think about Want to thank you, sir. I, I used to think about when the ice cream truck would come down the street. Oftentimes, my father just didn't give his children the ice cream. He gave almost the whole neighborhood an ice cream. 
because he knew there was a lot of fatherless children there. Now, did that change their world? I don't know, but he wanted to be a blessing in their life. Imagine if 10 fathers did that up and down the street. Not just worry about your children, but focus on other people's children as well. We got a responsibility, brother, not just to pour it into our children. I put this, when I get in my car and I go to the school, I'm everybody's daddy that day. When I'm yes. walking to school, I'm everybody, I'm operating as everyone's father for the day. So yes. that being the case, anytime I'm around men, I tell them that. How are your children doing? How are the children doing down the street? Somebody told me one time, don't try to change the world. Change your world. That's What's it. your world? Down the street, after school. Identify some children that are in need. So that being the case, to end it with um, answering your question, we as men that are on the front line, we have to inform the other men how great the need is. Go get them and build this team so we can make that positive in, uh, impact in our community. That's good, my brother. Do you know it's actually biblical to start in your house first? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, yes, it's sir. biblical. And, and here's the thing. Uh, Bishop Jake says that a uh, family is the gymnasium that love works out in. And so before you go, hey, man, listen, Bishop, <laughs> listen, Bishop Jake says. Oh, that touched my soul. Yes, sir. And I was going to come back to the fact that Dr. Miles Monroe actually was uh, the overseer for my goddad's church and my goddad's mentor, uh, Apostle Dr. Oscar J. Dowdell Underwood, Cathedral of Praise International in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, man, I had the privilege of getting the chance to hear. Uh, now, picture this room. Uh, and I, I, you know, I digress for a second. They, uh, it was a conference. And yeah. at my church, uh, at that time, it was Cornerstone, before it became Cathedral of Praise, the hospitality ministry were the, the teenagers. Mm. And so mm -hmm. we were taught service at a very young age. So I'm in a room with Pastor uh, Dr. Shirley Caesar. I'm in there with Fred Hammond. Oh. I'm in there with Dr. Miles Monroe. I'm in there uh, with, um, oh, what's I'm trying to remember the prophet's name. Um, he's out of South Carolina. I can't think of his name right now. Um, okay. And I'm in there with my, with my God dad. And you know that most preachers preach from their overflow. Okay. They don't preach their entire study, right? Sure. And to sure. hear all of these mighty men and women of God breaking down the scripture, and I'm standing there because I'm there to make sure that they have the salt, the pepper, uh, to pour the lemonade or the tea. But the whole time, I'm sitting there receiving of that word. Ooh. And so how important is service, like activating men or like giving them a place to serve. How yeah. important is that uh, to change in changing our society? Because, and I ask that question from this frame, is that everybody expects a man to be responsible, but they haven't told him where he should be serving. Oh, and that's so true. Look, and, and I tell you, um, every single day almost, uh, you know, being self-employed can be a little bit of a roller coaster. The, anybody who out here listen, know, knowing they know what I'm talking about. 
Um, we don't have that nine to five. You go to the school, you go to the office, right? So you have to make little tasks for yourself if you don't already have an agenda for the day. Um, so every single morning, true story, every single morning, ever since I became self-employed three years ago, I asked myself the question, how am I serving? How can I be of service to somebody. Yeah, I might not have a speaking engagement today. I might not be flying over to London today. How can I be of service though? God woke me up this morning. He didn't, he didn't wake me up to sit on the couch. He didn't wake me up for me to keep my gifts and talents all bunched up for 24 hours. How can I serve? So that being the case, uh, you know, and I, I do, I'd be very careful without putting everything in one cup. Every man has to identify what's going on in his life. Are you serving? Your household today? Yeah. Are you serving the young boy down the street? Are you helping somebody take out the trash? Okay, yes. that might not be your job title, but somebody might need that help today. I, I've done it. Oh yeah, I've, yes. I've taken out the trash on on a slow day. Yes, I have. You know, big big uh, author, speaker, national speaker. Yeah, I take out the trash and gladly do it because I know if that's how God is using me for the day, then so be it. So I say that. With all due respect for all the men out there who are listening, you got to wake up with the mindset of, Lord, show me, order my steps, Lord, show me where the need is at, show me how I can operate in the gift you have given me to fulfill that need. Show me, Lord, ask God to do that and watch him work. Watch he make you busy for the rest of your days and you ain't got to worry about it. So, you know, again, identify your gifts and calling and wake up with that mindset every day. Hey, Lord, you have put me on this earth to be of service, and I want to do that for the rest of my days. Wake up like that every day. You know, Brother Warren, that's a good place. Believe it or not, we are seven minutes away from the close of this. It doesn't feel like it's been an hour. (laughs) But listen, tell the people where they can get your book, where they can get in touch with you to book you if they want you to come to their school or to a a facility to speak, or if they're ready to call you back to Japan or to England or to London, (laughs) wherever it is uh, that the Lord has need of you. Uh, And again, before you give that information, for those that are listening, uh, if you want to tie it into the Bible, he says, start in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Mm. Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the world. So Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world, your house, your neighborhood, yes, sir. your community, yes, your sir. city, your city, your state, yes, your sir. nation, the world. Oh, that's such so a where, good word. Where, yes, can they find, where, can, where, where can they find you at, Brother Warren? Oh, man, first and foremost, before I say that respectfully, it's been an honor to be on this podcast, man. Not only uh, it's been a privilege, but I've learned a lot as well. So thank you, sir. And I look forward to coming back at any time you want to have me. For all, everyone that's listening, uh, all my information, if you Google my name, Baron Warren, praise God, a lot of information is going to come up. Uh, for starters, my primary website, baronwarren.com. That's B as in boy, A-R-O-N, last name warren.com. There you can find all my information from my book, uh, my speaking schedule, book me to speak uh, anywhere. I, I just don't fly over to London, England. I will speak at McDonald's if there are some males <laughs> in need. Yeah, put them at McDonald's and watch me show up. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, you know, no, 
the sky's the limit. So feel free to find me there at baronwarren.com. I would love to come and speak, or I would love to talk to your son. Hey, yeah, sometimes a young man just need a good conversation from a man of integrity, and I'm the man for the job. So feel free to contact me, and I'll respond properly. Uh, Mr. Andre, I did every time I do a a podcast or interview, I do have a special gift that I like to share with you with your your permission. My book, I want to give three three copies away to three of your listeners. All right. You you pick them how you want to pick them. Send me the address. I'm going to sign them and I'm going to mail them free of charge. Three of your listeners, my brother. All right. The first person that drops their name in the comments, the first three people, drop your name in the comments and say 100. Say, I want them. 100. (laughs) I want it. Because you can only get it if you want it. So (laughs) I I close with this. I'm starting something, Brother Warren, next Monday. It's called Mindful Mondays with Andre Ebron. Uh, If people are feeling stressed, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, or exhausted, we're going to talk about self-awareness. We're going to talk talk about self-management. We're going to talk about social awareness. We're going to be talking about a myriad of different self-care strategies and mindfulness practices that are designed to help you overcome the negative effects of stress. Go register today. I want to shout out to our sponsors, Jasmine Bridges Realty. She sponsored as well as H2, um, excuse me, HB2 Designs. So to my sponsors, I love you. I appreciate it. Brother Warren, uh-oh. Brother Warren, it's been a pleasure and an honor myself, man, connecting with you. I want to yes. give a shout out. Watch this. I was already connected to you, but uh, Sister Chevelle Brown, she <laughs> said, you got to get in touch with this brother. You got to get in touch with him. I said, all right. And you know, I love her. Uh, Thank you, Miss Brown. Thank you. (laughs) She is great people. And did you know that she was a Marine too? I did. I did. Uh, She's a strong woman. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love her. Love her. Changing the world uh, with I Teach Chess, you know, and helping young people uh, learn to master life through mastering the game of chess. She can go ahead and give me some royal, give me some royalties on that right there. Learn to master the game of life by mastering the game of chess. That's right. And so I normally finish with all these different uh, quotes and futures not behind you, before you, but it's in you. But I want to end this uh, because here's my call to action for everybody out there. Every great movement began with the conversation. Yes, sir. And so my challenge to those listening is to be mindful of the conversations that you're having because it is producing the movement in your life. Mm -hmm. So if you need your young man to start moving, then you must plug him with Brother Warren to have the conversation. I'm Andre Ebron. Thank you again, my brother. And to all of our listeners, God bless you. God bless you all. Peace.